0: Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome, we are happy to be with you again this Sunday evening for another live episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage, and tonight we will finish up Chapter 8 in our series through the Book of Romans. As always, tonight our phone lines will be open during the full hour of our program, and callers can speak with one of our call screeners by calling 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, you were in Kansas last week, and I wondered, how are the people in
1: Kansas different from the people of New York? Okay, Michael, well, welcome home from Mexico, and I'm back <laughs> from you, Kansas, and we are live on this beautiful fall Sunday. How are the people different? I'm going to tell you how, and okay. I even said this to the people when I was preaching in Kansas last week. Yeah. I said... Kansans come on time to church. Oh. Oh, oh, they start exactly right on time. And they want to leave on time. One hour. Oh, really? One hour. It's a one-hour service. 10.30 to 11.30, boom. Oh, wow. And I say New Yorkers come late and don't matter. They don't care how long they stay. You have to kick us <laughs> out by 2.30. You're like, <laughs> okay, people, time to go. Oh, I went five minutes over. I was I was uh, under so much guilt. Oh so, <laughs> anyway, we're glad to be here, Micah, and glad to be back in our great city. I believe we had we had a beautiful service today. We had our missionary mm-hmm. with us at the ten AM hour. There was a great spirit yeah. in our in our church. And we just thank God. If you're looking for a good Bible-believing church in the city, we do welcome you to visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church this coming Sunday. We're going to have our Thanksgiving feast, November 19th, one of the big Sundays of the year for us. Yeah. We do invite you all to come this Sunday, November 19th at 490 Hudson Street, 10 a.m. is our Bible study hour, 11 a.m. is the morning service. So, And this evening we have regulars with us as our panelists, but it's we're very privileged to have Sister Jeannie back with us. Hello, hello, Jeannie. And Jeannie, we have a great time on Tuesdays, don't we? Sharing the gospel in Grand Central Station. Yep. Tell tell the, the listeners what somebody said to you when you passed out the gospel track to them.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, like, there is all these people coming down the escalator, and you you kind of um, you know you see who's coming, and are they going to take it? Are they going to get mad at you? But a lot of times they ask me, "What is it?" And I said, "Well, it's the gospel." And one person said, you know, I wanted to hear the gospel. I never heard the gospel. He goes, thanks. And, you know, so yeah. it was like.
1: <laughs> praise God. Well, Amen. that's why we're there, to share the gospel. And so great to have Eugenie with us. And Brother Emmanuel is with us. Emmanuel, thank you for being with us this evening.
3: Of course. It's, it's a pleasure to come here every single time and praise the Lord and just open the word
1: and Emmanuel you lead an important ministry in our church that's a young people's bible study and tell the listeners when that will take place
3: well um so we've just started this new ministry where we as young people meet one Saturday mm-hmm. of the month at our church office so this coming Saturday we'll be meeting at about twelve fifteen, and we're going through the book of Ephesians and uh yeah just we want to dive into the word of God and know what he's to, wants to t- tell us and mm-hmm his plan for our life, basically. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And so
1: if you're a young person and what does that exactly mean? That means you're a young person at heart <laughs> and you want to come to a Bible study this Saturday at 1215 633 3rd Avenue. That's between 40 and 41st Street near the Grand Central Station. And Micah, since we're talking about ministries, yeah. mm-hmm. so tell the listeners about your
0: Tuesday night. Oh, well, we do uh Iron Sharpens Iron, which is a men's Bible study. We do it on Zoom every other Tuesday. We're going through the book of Judges. We're in Judges chapter 4. And it's just, it's amazing to really dig in and go through the passages slowly and really look at these men and women. We're going to be talking more about Deborah this week about how God used these people to lead Israel whether in military battle or even
1: spiritually sometimes and it's it's really great. That's uh, that's a great chapter. Mm-hmm. And that's right online. They could go on on to our yep. hbcnyc.org website mm-hmm. and the link is there to join yeah, that. Just click right Zoom. into the Zoom. It's yeah. seven o'clock on Tuesday. So. so that's amazing really I mean here's our church. We have various things going on and this week we actually have a noonday prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. At 1230, we've been meeting and praying for revival in our city, and we're going to have another prayer meeting on Friday night for revival, which is a quarterly prayer meeting that we did, we've we done this year. And then, of course, every Wednesday, we have our prayer meeting mm-hmm. Bible study. So, hey, there's a lot going on in our, in our pretty little church, but we have some <laughs> wonderful folks. God bless you. We'd love to have you as the Lord leads you to be with us. So tonight we're going to get into Romans chapter 8, and we're finishing up, and we'll just read verses 35 through verse 38. So Sister Janie, could you please start us off as we read Romans chapter 8, verse 35.
2: Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword,
1: which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you that we can come
0: once again, Lord, to your word, to the book of Romans in chapter 8, Lord, and just really parse out the words that Paul wrote to us, Lord, that you had given him through your Holy Spirit. So, God, just bless our conversation tonight and give us the words that you want our listeners to hear. And we pray this in
1: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this final section in Romans deals with a lot of questions. Paul's asking a lot of questions, and we dealt last time with three questions that Paul asked. Asked that all had the same answer. Mm. The questions were if God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is he that condemneth? And the answer was it doesn't matter who condemns us, mm. it doesn't matter who's against us, yeah. it doesn't matter who charges us, because God is for us. If God is for us, it doesn't matter who's against you. God and you make a majority. Yeah. But here we come to the final major question of Paul, and it's a powerful question who shall separate us? From the love of Christ. And in this this section, in just these four verses, mm-hmm. love is found three times. Verse thirty-five, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Verse thirty-seven, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse thirty-nine, that he's persuaded that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is so powerful. And nobody and nothing can separate us from his love. Mm-hmm. That's the assurance we have as God's people, dear friends. What comfort the doctrine of, sec- of eternal security gives to us all, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, as we just begin tonight, and Jeannie, we could start with you. How does the doctrine of God's eternal security? comfort you and maybe what's another scripture that you love related to this doctrine of god's security and his love for us
2: yes well i really like first peter 1 5 that says who are who meaning the elect are kept by the power of god through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time um In the Greek, the word for kept means to be a watcher in advance, to post spies at gates, and to protect. So this comforts me because it gives me a a picture of God standing there and um, being my guard Hmm. and using his power to keep me safe till I arrive safely home.
1: Amen. Amen. What's What's another verse, Micah, that you would rest upon your heart? Yeah, well, there's a
0: passage in Ephesians 1 where Paul specifies what happened to the Ephesian believers and all believers at salvation. And he writes, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So this idea of sealing, it's a reference to the ancient practice of proving authenticity by putting a seal on something mm. like a letter. And the comparison is when we put our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to this scripture and others, we are sealed with with the holy spirit and from that point forward we belong to god we have his seal on us you know another comparison that we could say is when a farmer brands a cattle putting his permanent insignia on that animal you know the brand or the seal displays the farmer's ownership and authority over that cattle should there ever be any question whose the cattle is and likewise you know, if there's ever any question whose we are, we have the sealing of the Holy Spirit on us. A sealing that
1: is completely permanent. Amen. I often think of a sealing of an envelope as well. uh uh-huh. That... We seal the envelope until mm-hmm. it arrives to its destination. Yeah. And we are sealed by the Holy Spirit until mm-hmm. we arrive mm-hmm. to our heavenly home, our mm-hmm. destination. Emmanuel, what's a great verse that you love regarding God's eternal security?
3: Yeah. Uh, yes, Pastor. So actually, for me, the eternal, the doctrine of eternal security is so beautiful because I'm mm. not a perfect man. Mm-hmm. I mess up so many times and there are so many stupid things I've done in my life. But God, he, he in a way, has budgeted for all of my stupidity <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um. so for me, John chapter ten verses twenty eight and twenty nine which says that I give unto them eternal life, that they shall never perish. neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Mm-hmm. My father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand so over here it it specifies that God has given this eternal life. Mm-hmm. It is not because of who I am. Mm -hmm. It's despite who I am. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do for this. In fact, I am the most unworthy person to receive this. Mm. But God has given it. And it's eternal. Mm -hmm. Like, there are some things, if I could lose it, it wouldn't be eternal. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, can, can a child who is born be unborn? Mm. The child could die, Mm -hmm. but it cannot be unborn. Mm -hmm. In the same way, if I am reborn spiritually, I'm born again, Mm -hmm. it can't be taken away. Mm -hmm. Yes, I praise
1: God. And I, I personally believe that John chapter 10, the verses that you just shared, are really some of the most, if not the most powerful proof Mm -hmm. of our eternal security because Mm -hmm. jesus said i give to them eternal life and they shall never perish so that means we're secure and that's what paul is saying here that's what john says in first john chapter 5 where he says these things have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that you may know you have eternal life, Mm -hmm. and we can know that we have eternal life now. We don't have to think so or hope so or hope that we're going to do good enough to work our way to heaven, because we can't work our way to heaven. Jesus did the work Mm -hmm. for us to get into heaven, and as we rest in him, dear friends, rest on the finished work of Jesus Christ, we can know we are loved, and we can know we have his all-encompassing security, and that's the theme of Romans chapter 8, the all-encompassing security that we have in Christ because of his love for us. So, as I mentioned earlier, his love is referenced three times mm-hmm. in verses 35 through 39, but his love is explained in verse 34. It is Christ that died. Mm-hmm. Rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us, Mm -hmm. even that he's praying for us now. Mm -hmm. What a demonstration of love that he's praying for us. And nothing can separate us from this love, dear friends. And so find your refuge in Jesus. Hide yourself in him, because that's what Romans chapter 8 is all about, that we are in Christ And there is no condemnation to them who are in Jesus Christ. Here's a beautiful song. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739 if you want us to pray for you. 929-333-3739. Give us a call.
4: I wandered through this world Selfishness and pride The storms of life Surrounded me I had no place to hide Until I heard The news A refuge strong and sure Was waiting Then to welcome me And keep me there secure You are my refuge I hide in you You are the home running to. your words are faithful, your promise true, I have Clouds may fill the sky, but still I see the sun. God's love shines down upon his child, the overshadowed one. No matter what I feel, his promises are true, and I can trust him even when the stormy takes me down. You are my refuge, I hide in you. Your words are faithful, your promise true. I hide in you,
5: I hide
1: in you, hide yourself in Jesus. Comfort we have, what security we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends. And so we're going to look now into Romans chapter eight. And as we get into this passage, we see this that the circumstances of life cannot threaten our security in Jesus Christ. Paul is speaking that no foe can daunt us or fear harm us, and he actually in mentioning seven or eight difficult trials of life, he's basically saying Jesus can turn any mess into a message, mm-hmm. any test into a testimony, any trial into a triumph, and any victim can become a victor in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so there's eight different things here as Paul is referencing. And so how can we be sure that none of these things can separate us from Christ. So we're just going to kind of rifle through these. Micah, if you could yeah. start us off with the first one. So we're in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Shall tribulation, mm-hmm. can it can tribulation separate us from Jesus?
0: Yeah, so the first trial Paul mentions here is that word tribulation. And the Greek word is thalipsis, which means pressured by a heavy burden, a weight so heavy it becomes intolerable. But we know that even an intolerable burden will not separate us from the love of Christ because Jesus famously promised during the Last Supper that in this world you will have tribulation. That's John sixteen thirty three. So, The first story that I think of as an example of tribulation is that of Corrie Ten Boom. She was a Dutch woman in her late 50s who, along with her father and sister, they hid Jewish people in their home during the Holocaust of World War II. And when the family was finally caught, they were all taken to Nazi concentration camps to suffer the same fate as the Jewish people who were brought there. And... They, you know, Corey's elderly father, he died there, uh, his, her sister died, she perished in the concentration camp, and Corey was only released because of a clerical error, and everybody else in her barracks was killed soon after. And when Corey later gave the account of her tribulation to the writers of her story, she made clear that not only did the trial not separate her from Christ's love, it actually magnified
1: and intensified the reality of his Amen. love for her. Amen. That is a powerful story. Many people have been blessed. Have they not by the story of Corey Ten Boom? Jeannie, distress mm-hmm. is the next word. Being squeezed into a narrow place. So, how can distress not separate us from Christ's love?
2: Well, in in uh, I often, I find in trials that often there's um, multiple problems coming at you in different directions mm-hmm. and. It seems sometimes almost impossible to fight them all off. But, you know, God fights for us, and he um, replaces those things with his love.
1: Hmm. Amen. Distress cannot separate us from the Lord, dear friends. And maybe you are going through something right now. Maybe distress. Maybe some form of pressure or heavy burden. And Satan is actually accusing you that God doesn't love you, that if God loved you, you wouldn't be going through such a trial. Mm-hmm. But Paul is assuring us that these trials cannot separate us from the love of Christ, and they do not disprove to us that God still loves us, even though we go through these trials. Mm-hmm. And if we could pray with you and be of any encouragement and share Christ's love, we do have some Godly call screeners here this evening to take your calls. Call us right now at 929-333-3739. Feel free to call or they can you can speak to us on the air if you want to add to our conversation. So, Emmanuel, the next word is persecution.
3: Uh, that cannot separate us. Yes, Pastor. But before that, I'd just like to circle back to what Jeannie was saying about distress. Mm-hmm. So, God worked powerfully in my life like four years ago. Mm. I, I came to this country from India, and uh, it, that was in 2019, I think. Yeah. And within the first few months, e- everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. the degree that I was studying wasn't what I wanted. My financial situation was all right, but in a matter of months, it was just gone. I had no financial backing. Mm. And, in, and we all know what happened in 2020. So, mm-hmm. it is COVID, so it was covered. So, and I was alone, away from my family. Didn't know what was going to happen the next month and the month after that. Mm-hmm. And it was I was squeezed tight, mm. like I did not know where to go, mm. except just look above. And at the time, I wasn't walking very close with God either. Mm-hmm. But God used all of those situations, mm. and through those situations, He showed me His love through all that mm. distress.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Emmanuel. Because here you are, you're a young man in college, migrating to this country. You were on your own. You could have gone any direction. You could have just, like, blended into the woodwork and satisfied every carnal desire if you so chose. But I remember you kind of made your way still into church. And it was a little slow at first, but... God's now brought you to a point where you've been baptized, where you're now in ministry in our church and growing in the Lord, and you've, you're through school, now you're working. Yep. And that is a great story for listeners who maybe in your situation. Yep. They're going to school. Maybe they've migrated. I mean, this city is full of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, dear friends, if you're, you've immigrated to this country, to our city, and you need a place to come and grow come to church, come to the house of God, come to a prayer meeting. Call us right now if you have any questions at
3: 929-333-3739. Great s- story, Emmanuel. Yes, Pastor. And, and talking about persecution, uh, a couple of scriptures come to mind. First is uh, John fifteen twenty, which says that uh, Jesus is saying, The servant is not greater than the Lord. If they persecuted me, that is mm. Jesus, mm-hmm. they will persecute you. So mm-hmm. we need to expect persecution. And and in Matthew 5, 10, 11 and 12, Jesus is saying, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. So Jesus, in a way, is yes. preparing us to expect it. And he's also given us a reward for it. in heaven. Yes.
1: We should expect it. And I love what Paul said in Second Timothy. He says, out of them all, out of these persecutions, he endured and the Lord... Delivered him. Speaking of persecution, we need to pray Mm -hmm. for Christians around the world who are being persecuted for their faith. I think of the believers in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I read this week that there were almost 6,000 martyrs, Christian martyrs, in the year 2022. Mm -hmm. 90% of these were in Nigeria, especially the Boko Haram militants killing Christians. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria that God would deliver them. Yeah, Pastor, I just wanted to say, yeah, it's
0: it's easy for us as Americans to maybe forget the distress of persecution that's happening. You know, I, I get a daily email from Voice of the Martyrs, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily read it. Word for word every single day, but it yeah. does help keep it on top of mind. You know, there, there are places in the world over the last 2,000 years where Christians have always been persecuted. Um, you know, there are places where Christianity was the dominant religion that now they're being persecuted and almost run and run completely out of those countries. So it's good for us as Christians in, you know, a relatively, uh, a place where there isn't as much persecution. You know, it's definitely good for us
1: to keep that in mind and keep them in prayer. Yeah. And we could see where there is a subtle form of persecution, even against Christians in our own Mm -hmm. culture and country. And, you know, it's a propaganda persecution in a way. It's a a mind-control persecution Mm -hmm. to to some extent. And they are trying to silence us, and we could see where persecution could become more and more real. Mm -hmm. I mean, even being thrown into jail for certain things. I mean, there have been Christians who just were simply protesting abortion, mm-hmm. and the FBI raided their homes. Mm-hmm. And so there is a growing persecution. We could see the handwriting on the wall. Yeah. So the next one is nakedness. Can nakedness separate us from the love of Christ? Yeah, well, the Greek word is gunotes, which is the shame
0: experienced through deep poverty. You know, this this word can be used as the deep poverty of spirit as it is in revelations 318 that letter to the laodiceans from jesus himself but here paul surely means physical poverty which leads to nakedness, something he says that he experienced himself. And when we do our monthly homeless outreach, sometimes we see firsthand mm-hmm. this physical nakedness of individuals because of their poverty, um, sometimes also because of mental illness and they you know, just don't know how to use the resources that are out there. And that's why we give out t-shirts and socks and sometimes in the coldest month we give out winter coats during our homeless ministry. And Paul says that even in this circumstance, physical lack to the point of nakedness, that cannot separate mm-hmm. us from the
1: love of Christ. Yes, God still loves us. And Jeannie, the next one is interesting word. It's the word peril. Mm-hmm.
2: So peril is to be endangered by circumstances. And Paul gives us a list of the nine perils that he encountered in 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 11, 26. Mm-hmm. In journeys, often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Um, so, I mean, and he la- later says in uh, verse uh, um, thirty. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. so for Paul, mm. it was um, he counted it a privilege to suffer for Christ, but mm. We know that Paul always felt the love of his God.
1: you know when I looked up this word, I thought it was so I think it's the most one of the most unique words in the New Testament. Because I said, oh, this word appears nine times. Let me look up those verses. <laughs> it and, in uh, there. <laughs> and it was eight times in that one verse. <laughs> the only other time that word peril is used in the New Testament is in Romans chapter 8. I, mm. I don't know of any other word like that. I, mm. I just got real entertained. I get entertained by that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know. But. Yeah. Um, and, and that verse is so powerful it's like wherever he went he yeah, went peril whether he was in the city or the country on the sea or on the street mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like peril everywhere so, so we can go through peril and it doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't love us mm-hmm. nothing can separate us from
3: his love the next word Emmanuel is sword yes so the sword is to be threatened by death's reality like many of God's people were being slaughtered are being slaughtered like the sheep even but even in death they mm-hmm. were conquerors because death cannot separate us from Christ, mm. he conquered death. Mm-hmm. And actually, death opens the door to go to Christ. Um, a couple of examples uh, that quickly st- uh, stood out to me was, was Stephen, who was stoned to death, and Paul, the writer of this book, mm-hmm. was beheaded. But um, I remember another example which my grandfather shared with me. There was a missionary to India, Graham Staines, who served in the Indian state of Odisha, uh, to people who had leprosy imagine that we still have leprosy in India mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in yeah. fact India has 60% of the world's leprosy cases hmm. so he was serving the people who had leprosy and just serving them sharing the gospel mm-hmm. however there was a right wing Hindu nationalist group called bajrang Dal who in 1999 as Graham Staines and his two young boys 6 and 10 Philip and mm-hmm. Timothy as they were sleeping in their car a mob of 50 men burned the car and burned them alive. Mm. And, and... It's horrible. They killed him. But you know what's even more... Like, it, this is a terrible thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But through this, the love of Christ was shown in that his widow, Gladys, forgave the killers of her husband. And not just her husband, her two little boys. Mm. This is the love of God. It's not just an emotion. It gives you strength mm-hmm. to do things mm-hmm, like this. Yes. Mm. So even in death, we're more than conquerors. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's yeah. powerful. And dear friends, yeah. maybe you're going through something now, and you may wonder
1: why is God allowing this. But I want—we're going to go to another song, a beautiful song, Ben Everson. This is a cappella. It sounds like he's got instruments behind him, but it's one man. It's a one-man choir, and it's entitled "You Know Better Than I." And if we can encourage you, you call us right now. No. At 929-333-3739. 929 Let us pray with you tonight. I thought I did what's right.
4: I thought I had the answers. I thought I chose the surest road. But that road brought me here. So I put up a fight and told you how to help me. Now, just when I could give it up, the truth is come clear. You This has been a
5: test,
4: I cannot see the reason, but maybe knowing I don't know is part of getting through, I try to do what's do now faith has made it easy, to see the best thing I can do is put my trust in you. You know best.
1: Home home. that's great counsel dear friends sometimes we just need to let go mm-hmm. the need to know why yeah. and trust in the love of god that nothing can separate us from him you know what micah i feel like i'm getting to the end of a book that I don't want to end when I'm, when I'm just talking about Romans 8. Yeah, We're getting to the end of Romans 8, and I yes. don't want it to be over <laughs> because it's, it's such a powerful chapter of God's Word. Yeah. And as we come down now into verse 37, he says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So in all the things of tribulation and distress and persecution, All these things were still more than conquerors because of these things that he referenced back in verse. 29 and 30, mm-hmm. that we've been predestinated, we've been called, we've been justified, we've been glorified, and because we're justified by our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're in him, and these things, because there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit interceding for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, and all the things he's referenced, mm-hmm. in Romans chapter 8, yeah. all, we can be more than conquerors, right? Yeah. So what a powerful statement! So how is this strong statement of Paul more than conquerors? How does it impress you? Mm-hmm. And and what is what is someone who is not just a conqueror, yeah. but more than a conqueror? That's who we are in Christ. Yeah. Well, for Paul to describe individuals
0: who are experiencing any of these trials that we just went over as more than conquerors, it, it's a bold statement because it feels counterintuitive to us. It's the opposite of what we would naturally think, but it's true, and we have many examples of those who are victims when the world would see them as you know victors when the world sees them as victims and that song you just played it came from an animated movie about the biblical character of Joseph and that's possibly one of our best examples at least, you know, best examples that, you know, is very common that most Christians know but I'll go back to the example of Corrie Ten Boom for just a minute you know, if this woman had just lived out her days in the comfort of her family's watch shop in the Netherlands then she wouldn't have changed the world like she did but because she took a life-threatening risk and followed God's leading in her life she not only blessed hundreds of Jewish souls prior to her days in the concentration camp, but she blessed countless millions, including me, through her story and worldwide ministry after she got out. You know, Corrie Ten Boom was not a victim of the Nazis. She was more than a conqueror.
1: Yeah. You know what, too? I, I believe that Marxism is infiltrating our culture coming into our educational system Mm -hmm. and it's coming in through this means of getting people to think that they are oppressed and a victim yeah and that there's this evil class of oppressor Mm -hmm. and that's what marxists do they separate people into those classes and then they try to make you feel like you've been oppressed Mm -hmm. and so what they do is they attack the family Mm -hmm. as the oppressor Mm -hmm. to women or children they attack the church Mm -hmm. they attack groups of people Mm -hmm. based on who they want to destroy that's what marxists do Mm -hmm. and they get people to feel like the victim Mm -hmm. but but in christ I don't see how we're the victim. So as Christians, we must not feed into this victim mindset because it's so prevalent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're actually seeing how prevalent it actually
0: is to the extreme with a lot of these protests uh, in favor of Hamas. Okay, yeah, well Hamas, that's
1: exactly right. Israel yeah. is the oppressor. Right. Hamas is the oppressed. Let's all right. take up so for this group. What it leads to this, this
0: propaganda. What it leads to is by any means oh, necessary. So they would say that <laughs> you know Hamas was justified in what they did because they had this oppressor. And so this is a dangerous, dangerous
1: ideology. Yeah. Dear friends, Jesus Christ loves us. He died for us. He proved his love once and for all for us in his death on the cross, his resurrection, and now praying for us at the Father's right hand. And so his ongoing work of interceding for us shows his love. And so we are more than conqueror. You know what we're like when I think of more than conqueror? Mm -hmm. David before Goliath. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seemingly out. Numbered, you know, from the resources of the world. But David was more than a conqueror because he was standing in the name of the Lord. More than conquer. You know who's more than a conqueror? Jesus, when he died on the cross, Mm -hmm. even though he became weak and he was being crucified, but he was the conqueror when he said, It is is finished." finished. And we are more than conqueror through him. That's Paul's confidence. So this passage shows the confidence of Paul in his security. It shows the circumstances of life cannot threaten our security. And now as we come down to verse 38 and 39, Jeannie, we see the conclusion, Paul's conclusion of his security that he has in Christ. And now he gives another list, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another list of things that cannot separate us. So we'll just go through these, and we'll take two at a time here. Jeanie, where Paul says that neither death or life can separate us from Christ's love. So,
2: Yes, so um, these verses are very precious to me because they got me through the most difficult trial I ever went through. Ah. Um, this was many years ago, but it feels like it's yesterday. Mm. I was a wife and mom living comfortably in my suburban home. I was very active in my church and I had many close friends there. Um, this all came to an abrupt halt. First, my pastor committed adultery, which caused the church to split and disintegrate. He left his family, and the next thing I knew, my husband left me. We'd been married 17 years with an 11-year-old daughter. Mm. He had told lies about me to our Christian friends to justify his actions. Some of them believed him and abandoned me. I was in jeopardy of losing my house, my car, and even my daughter, For my ex-husband was seeking full custody. My life, <laughs> as I knew it, vanished before my eyes. Yeah. I didn't think I'd survive. All I had was God. Then I realized God was all I needed. Mm. Um So he gave me these exact verses that we're reading tonight. And I wrote them on a paper and put them on the inside of my kitchen cabinet. And I'd have these panic attacks because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I'd open the door and read the verse. And it took some time, but they worked themselves into me. And I just realized that, um, you know, God was really all I ever needed. Mm -hmm. And the others just extra blessings but he did um, in miraculous ways um, minister to me and um, you know before he started solving the problems though I just got to the point where I was like Paul I could say I was persuaded that nothing could separate me from the the love of God and um, I learned a very important lesson so I mean later you know, I did keep my house, my daughter, my car, and I found heritage. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, the, the, these verses, I mean, the timing of me being on the show. you know.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah. Jeannie, thank you for sharing that. That took a lot of courage for you to even share that. As you said, it happened a while ago, but it's fresh. Those kinds of things that you went through. And god is sufficient for us even in in those trials is what i heard you just say Mm -hmm. and uh thank you for sharing that and i i I know that the hearts of those listening are touched by that and i'm sure others have gone through things like that as well can i just ask how did what the pastor of your church did in committing adultery how did that affect your family situation it, it seemed there was a connection there well how was that how was we, that connected
2: we were close to a pastor and i think my husband had him on a pedestal and oh. when he felt when he did that and, and there were other men in the church that left their husbands i mean their wives it was like a domino crack. oh
1: really I but see. i
2: think because so what
1: he did really had a tremendous impact upon other families and marriages in the yes. church Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I did a message a number of years ago on the radio. I I, I entitled it Hurt in Church. <laughs> and, you know, the, the the point of it is you could get hurt in a car and you wouldn't, you know, oh, somebody got in a car accident or you get hurt here or hurt there. But you don't go to church thinking you're going to get hurt. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And it happened to you. But you didn't stop going to church. Well, Why?
2: Well... I mean, because, I mean, you know, I knew that, um, well, there were good people in our church, yeah. and the fellowship was important, even though the church s- split, um, there were, you know, we tried to look for a new church, and um, so I think because, you know, God is there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You still and, needed the Lord, and you still needed yeah. it to be in 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 the local church. Yeah. And then... How did you end up coming to New York through that? How did, why was coming to New York, I guess that was part of the domino effect of you coming to New York? And
2: Yes, um, well, so I didn't, you know, we. Didn't,
1: of all places to go and to to, to work things out smoothly, like, yeah, let me just go to New York City, you know, know, it's exactly. nice and easy there. No.
2: You know. Well, so, you know, I could go anywhere because now I wasn't married and attached, I didn't have to be in Denver anymore. So, um, you know, I was an artist, and I was doing pretty well, and I thought, well, I should go to New York, because okay. maybe I could do even better. Okay. And um, so that I came to New York. Okay. But then I had some war trials, physical and different things, but um, I was here for about a year, and I went to one other church, and then I came to Heritage. So, oh. So I really think God sent me to New York to be you know, part of it was to be in our church.
1: Yeah. Which amen. has been amen. I've been there
2: twenty one uh, years.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Here. Yeah. And you know what, I did not know you were gonna share that. So I'm just I'm just talking to you now, Jeannie, and, and okay. I appreciate you you uh, we're having a conversation and what an important conversation mm-hmm. and that through all of this God you you kept faith you never doubted, you did not doubt Christ's love for you, you even remained faithful in in a local church, and you you came to New York to seek out a church, and and you've been a blessing at Heritage for all of these years, and even here tonight, so uh, thank you, thank you so much for sharing how neither death or life, dear friends, can separate us from the love of Christ, Jesus. And if you want to add to the conversation, or you need prayer, maybe you've gone through a situation where you were hurt in church, and you want somebody to pray with you, call us at 929-333-3739. So, Emmanuel, the next few things he says that cannot separate us, he says, neither
3: angels, principalities, or powers. So, what are these? so uh, to unpack this I'd just like to take a step back before creation Mm. so when Satan rebelled against God he rebelled because he wanted to be God Mm -hmm. and he wanted God's kingdom but when he was thrown out with a third of the Mm. angels Mm -hmm. his desire didn't go away so the only thing he could do was copy the kingdom that God already had Mm -hmm. Mm, so you know this he's an imitator yes he's an Mm. imitator so there's this thing that people say that Satan can't create he can only corrupt Mm. so Mm -hmm in a way Satan set up a corrupt kingdom which was in like the kingdom of God and this kingdom is made up of fallen angels mm-hmm. principalities and powers mm-hmm. so ba- basically they are spiritual forces yeah. with certain authority because Satan has authority mm-hmm. um, but the authority that we have in Jesus is about any and every authority uh, especially it, in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 to 20 Paul lays this out, and in Ephesians 1, Paul is praying for the Ephesian believers that their eyes might be opened and that they might see the exceeding greatness of the power of God to us who believe, uh, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him, that is Christ, at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, And every name that is named. And he gave this power to us, the church. Mm. So, yes, there are principalities and powers. And Mm -hmm. they have, it's in the name. It says they have authority. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because we have a higher authority. Mm Yes.
1: Amen. Amen. So we wrestle against these principalities and powers. Ephesians chapter Mm 6. In that famous uh, armor of God passage. And we can be tempted and deceived and accused by Satan, and as we wrestle, but they cannot separate us from Jesus Christ, because we are safe in the Lord. And then Micah, he moves on, and he says, not only these demonic spirits, but things present Things to come. So, what are some of these circumstances that Paul refers to here?
0: Yeah, well, if you listen to our panel tonight, you realize that none of us are ever going to live life without our fair share of trials, whether it be serious health problems, financial disasters, the untimely loss of a loved one, or all of the above. I've personally been in the middle of family trials where I didn't know what the solution was going to be, and we wouldn't be human if we completely ignored our earthly problems. But Those problems should not consume the believer because... We don't have to face them alone. We have a God that came down in human flesh and faced the most extreme human trials himself, as you said earlier, Pastor, and he will be there to comfort us, to give us peace, to hold us up when we need him. Another thing the Christian has is a family in the body of Christ. As Jeannie was just saying, you know, if they're firmly planted in a local church at any given moment, our church family, for instance, you know, we're praying for various trials, for various people that they're going through, and we've seen so many answers. To prayer. So Paul rightly says that even in our most difficult trials,
1: present, future, you know, we are not separated from the love of Christ. Amen. And these words that Paul uses in Romans chapter 8, and he uses these same words in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 22. He talks about death there. He talks about life. He talks about things present or things to come. And I want to read this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 20, where Paul says, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. We cannot glory in the wisdom of men, whether it's the wisdom, the, the I'm talking about the human wisdom of like modern-day psychology, such as a Sigmund Freud, or we cannot glory in the wisdom of men, whether they're political men or or whoever. We have to glory in the Lord. And then he says this, this is what's so interesting, for all things are yours. He says, all things are yours. And he says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, in other words, they were the corinthians paul and equally god had given these men as servants to the church and then he says or the world or life or death or things present or things to come all are yours Mm. think of that in in jesus christ all these things everything that happens in in life and i'm not saying i've got this mastered but Mm. anything that can happen in life is ultimately our servant to make us more like Christ, even death, because death brings us to Christ. Mm. Anything that can happen in life is our servant to make us more like Jesus Christ. These men were given by the Lord to the church to make us more like Christ. That's what we're here to do, to encourage each other to Christ's likeness. So anything that can happen in this world, Mm -hmm. anything that's present or things to come, he says, all are yours. Mm. That's because we're conquerors Mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ. Dear friends, So, Jeannie, Mm -hmm. height or depth? Uh What does height or depth speak of, and how can these not separate us from Christ?
2: Well, I think um, it would be like uh, there's no place, no distance can separate us because God is everywhere. so wherever you find yourself, it could be in jail or a palace, the Lord would be there. <laughs> if you are in a state of deep depression or euphoria, God is there and always with His love.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, it could be a, an actual physical
3: place, but mm-hmm. it could be an emotional state. I think so. Emmanuel? Yeah, as Gina as was talking, I was just reminded of the Psalm, Psalm 139, verse 8. Uh, if I ascend up into right. heaven, thou art there. Mm-hmm. If I make uh-huh. my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the exact same thing. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, Jeannie, you mentioned earlier that you have this Roman eight, Romans 8 passage written down on a piece of paper inside your kitchen cabinet well mm-hmm. I have the Old Testament version which is the psalm that Emmanuel just read oh. on my mirror and I've had it there for probably 14 years wow. I don't remember the exact <laughs> situation but I literally cut it out of a church bulletin and put it on my mirror and it's still on my mirror today and I'll read the slightly longer version of it Psalm 139 7 through 10 whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence if I s- ascend up into heaven thou art there if i make my bed in hell behold thou art there if i take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even there shall thy hand hold me
1: and thy right hand shall hold me Beautiful. Beautiful. So, so dear friends however deep you go into poverty or disease or however high you go into the power and the the, the pleasures and riches of this world if you're in Christ, these things should not and must not separate us from our Lord Jesus Christ. So we come to the end of Romans chapter 8. So Micah, why don't you take us out here where Paul completes this. He says, "Not even there's no creature that can separate us from the love of God, mm-hmm. which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, well, as far as creatures, Emmanuel
0: just mentioned the spiritual creatures. But when we look around the world... You know the biggest threat that people face is other people. You know it's well known that actually people are often the cause of all the distresses that Paul just listed, poverty, famine, etc. But Paul says that no living being in the universe can separate us from the love of Christ and it's true people can have a lot of control over us. You know I think of the people who are being held hostage right now in Gaza, other places in the world and their physically li- physical lives they're fully controlled by their captors but if they know the Lord Jesus then they can still have freedom and live in his love and I've read multiple books biographies where somebody is held captive or they're put in jail for their faith and you know there is a certain of course physical issue that they're dealing with um, by their captivity but their their spiritual lives in their spiritual lives they are free
1: and they can experience the love of Christ even in that place Amen Thank you Micah Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, Emmanuel. I've been really enriched by this fellowship that we've had tonight and by you sharing each of your situations. Emmanuel migrating here from India, and it hasn't always been easy. Jeannie migrating here from Colorado (laughs) through the trial of family situations. And Micah, also a Coloridian. I'm, I'm just from the light at the end of the tunnel. That's New Jersey. But, dear friends, you visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church if you're able. You'll be in a place where you can receive the love of Christ, where you'll hear the Word of God. And look us up online at hbcnyc.org or call us at 929-333-3739, even as we close the program tonight. And good night. God bless. Thank you for
0: tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. Rejoice in the Lord.